0: Hi, this is Carrie Ann Reed Brown, and this is Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American Podcast. You know, growing up in Jamaica, music was everywhere. It's like in New York, where you hear the sirens and everything. You know, music was just that, you know, background noise, that white noise. But what really changed for me was in 1992, my dad took me to Reggae Sunsplash. Yes, don't watch the age. He took me to Reggae Sunsplash and I, them days that Sunsplash was really the good world, five, seven days. And I went, I believe on the Friday night. And I remember seeing Steel Pulse perform and I remember seeing Barris Hammond perform and Berris brought out Bojo and then my whole world was made. And what reggae means to me is kind of in that first experience with a live show you had steel pulse you had a baris and then you had Buju, and they kind of represent different aspects of reggae itself the dancehall aspect and buju you know baris was more like you know the singers lovers rock type thing and then you have you know more world reggae which is in this in the in the form of steel pulse and so reggae is just music and music is life you know pulling from Varys's album and then you know reggae has many moods and if you want to have you know if you feel sadness reggae yeah you have a you have a song for that if you want to praise god you have a song to that you and if you want to party you don't know see, so you have the dance song and you can get the you know the latest and so for me what reggae music means it's it's where family vibes and energy and memories come together because that memory I shared with my dad, you know, having that father daughter, you know, vibes was at a reggae concert, reggae song splash. So for me, reggae is the campfire. It's the kitchen where you you have the conversations, where memories come from. And on International Reggae Day, you know, we just want to celebrate the vastness and the diversity of the artists, the music and the memories associated with all the songs. You know, I love playing music for my mom, you know, my uncles, because when I draw for the Tristan Palmer and them, I say, what you know about them, Junior? And it's because I want to see them happy. And I see the happiness when they they're, they see song or they're listening to songs that, you know, you know, go back to a point in life and, you know, when they feel good. And, you know, like very say, you know, I feel good, you know is music and reggae makes you feel good. So for me, music, reggae music is life. It is a feeling, it is just, it's sweet. Hey everyone, that was a clip from an interview that I did for International Reggae Day. And I thought that was a perfect clip to lead off this episode, this very special episode that I'm recording in Kingston, Jamaica. I am actually preparing to leave to New York today, but I had a flight delay and the flight delay would have made it very hard for me to record and get this episode ready for tomorrow, Tuesday the 19th. So um, I... Found a club, Kinston, it's a really great space and I recommend it. No, they didn't pay me, but when you found a really great place to hang out while you're delayed in an airport and be productive, I'm always going to endorse that. So I was in Jamaica like thousands of other people um, for Buju's Long Walk to Freedom tour. I had a great time with family. I was here for a few days. I came in on Thursday and I'm leaving today, Monday, and it was just literally, we called it <laughs> Buja Weekend, um, came in and just was around town, catching up with friends. And of course, everything was leading up to Saturday, the day of the show. Now, the reason why I'm, I'm going to get into why I'm covering this, but um Before I get further into the episode, I want to be clear what I will and will not cover. So I will not cover the circumstance, the reason, or the case involving Butcher's incarceration. I'm not going to cover anything about his personal life, and I'm not going to cover anything that specifically goes or talks about the details of any planning or organization leading up to the show. That is not what I'm gonna be talking about. Instead, I'm gonna cover my personal experiences, um, the day of the show, just my experience of the show, the performances, the cultural significance of the show, and some lessons that I've learned. Now, as I said in the clip, Buju and Beres and Seal Pulse were my very first experiences with a live show. I was 12 and I fell in love. It was just amazing. The energy, you know, it was Huse and it was Barris performing, as I said in the clip, and Buju ran on with this energy doing the high knees, the same high knees he came, he was on stage with on Saturday. And, you know, Music is all about the connection. It's about the emotion. It's how it makes you feel. And 1995, I was spending the summer in Jamaica because I had moved to New York. And I was spending the summer in Montego Bay because that's where I'm from. And Buju's Till Shiloh album was out. And every video, almost every video on that album was shot in and around Montego Bay. If you ever want to have a chat with me, I can point out the sites. I could tell what I did there, when I went there, where I went to school, who passed there, how I went to, it, it was just, that made that album, that was a, that that was just a wicked, wicked album, like a timeless album. But adding the visuals of my hometown to that album makes me feel even more connected to the album. Um, people in the video, the cameos in and around town, I've seen them. And actually when he was doing the i want to be loved video in parade as we call it in mobe which is sam sharp square I was there, not in the crowd closest to him, but further out just kind of watching as he was doing his thing and they were recording. I was there. And I remember my cousin Simone went off to Mandeville and I was like, Simone, you better come back. You, you know, and then, and when, she, when she came back, I was like, see, your Miss Buja was here. And later on that year, I had my very first concert experience in Madison Square Garden and that was none other than Buja and Friends and this was his first performances of the Till album. And since then, I've gone to other Buju and Friends concerts. But my experience with music and reggae and Buju and his concerts particularly made it even more the reason why I knew I had to experience this concert personally by coming to Jamaica. I I, I know there were um, messages people were getting about the cheers to the concert, and yet cheers were kind of like, you know, because when you think of fest, you're, you're really standing for a, a long hour, a, a large amount of hours, like maybe five, seven hours. So people would want to sit naturally, especially those who are in the VIP area. The VIP area was more on the field, whereas people in general admissions, the grandstands and the bleachers, they already had seats. So I understand why people who were on the field wanted to have chairs because they would have only grass to sit on and you'd be standing so long my experience going in was very smooth um like i was staying with family and they didn't live far from stadium which is what we call Jamaica's national stadium and um my cousin dropped us off we walked into the venue we did not spend any in we didn't spend a ridiculous time waiting online we just went in granted we got there about 6:30 was that all right right babe yeah about 6:30 and um went through security we gave our tickets and we walked right in. The process was, if it was 10 minutes, it's because of just the walking to get from the main gate off the, the street down to where you had to go to security. And then once you got through security, you got your tickets and you went right into stadium. Getting into the VIP section was a little hectic because there were so many people coming in and they were just trying to do crowd control to get into, you know, verify first that you belong in that area. And then just kind of managing the influx of people who are coming in. And I'd have to say that for a show that was supposed to start exactly at 8 o'clock when we walked in, there were already a lot of people there. And that was like one of the things. They were good on timing. Show started exactly at 8 o'clock and the performances were going at clockwork. Um, when we got in, um, Bobby Condors and Jabba of Hot 97, a radio station here in New York. And I believe Jabba is also on Irie Jam Radio, which is another local radio station in New York was performing, um, was, you know, you know early juggling, warming up the crowd. And it was great because, you know, the crowd was responding. Um, of course, bigging up all the islands, anyone from Barbados, Trinidad, Guyana, all of that. And, and then just going through that, if anyone here from Florida, Jersey, wherever. And so the crowd was really responding because they were doing their job warming up the crowd. So getting into the performances a little bit, there were really good performances that night. The ones that stood out to me was definitely cocoa tea, and then cocoa tea um, brought on coffee, which was a really, really nice surprise guest touch. Love that. Um, romaine virgo enjoyed his performance as always agent sasco was really really good um, one of one of the, the the good parts of the night was when they were playing um bob marley and you know jabba cuts out the sound and the entire stadium is singing like singing Three little birds. It's like a clip that was just like, man, this is fire when I listened to it. It was like no song, no sound, just the entire stadium was singing. The same thing happened when Chronics performed. So, with Chronics performing, the entire stadium, their phone was just lit up and it was just a beautiful, amazing sight. And of course, when Bujo came on, it was just like absolute pandemonium. It was just like, it was just like, energy level the decibels were just so high because this was like the moment everyone was waiting on and his entrance on the stage was was no running on the stage it was just him walking onto the stage standing at that mic and pausing for a moment before he actually went into his first song you know, most artists they run come on stage because they want they don't want to hype the sh- the 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 audience, but the audience was already hyped. So I thought it was very fitting that he he chose a very soulful um, song to start out with, and it was just every picture that you've seen, everything that you've gathered, everything that you've been feeling from all that's been posted on social media is exactly that. And more. I can't even find the right words to convey the energy. Just talking about it right now is like, oh man! Like that night was, it was it was just magical. There's no other word but to say magical. Um, then he went into destiny. And that was great. But then there was a technical issue for the whole night. There were a whole bunch of performances. There was no technical issue. But Butcher came on and there was a technical issue. The mic went out. You could visibly, from where we were, you could see that he was upset. He was frustrated because this was the moment for him to connect with the audience. But what was so wicked from where we were, the audience started singing the song for him. It was amazing. Because they saw, they and they knew it wasn't his fault. It was the sound. It was whatever happened with the sound, the mic, something. And people, they were scrambling to fix it. The audience just keeps sang, singing Destiny, you know. And, man, that was, like, one of those, like, eye-watery, chill moments of the night and you've seen it all from the videos online I won't go too much into it but my my favorite performances other than Buju were you know his collaborations with Marcia Griffiths Wayne Wonder um, Barris. Barris, it comes back to Barris and Budju because they were my very first experiences with a live show and they never disappoint me, never disappoint me. The love, the respect, the energy, you know, just you could feel it. You could sense it from Budjo, Barris, Marcia, Griffiths, all of them. You could sense it. It was just completely amazing now i 'm going to go into the social the, the, this, this cultural significance because you 've seen all the videos out there you 've seen the images the great shots people have gotten about the show and i 'm really not going to spend too much time talking about that because you can see that right but I want to talk about the cultural significance of this show you saw National Stadium was filled to capacity it was a lot of people. And it was just a beautiful sight to see. You've seen all those aerial shots. But I want to talk about the fact that Kinston, in 2015, um, Kinston was designated um, a UNESCO creative city. UNESCO stands for the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. UNESCO designated Kinston in 2015 as a cultural city. And... um, the the idea behind cultural cities as according to UNESCO is to promote cooperation with and among cities that have been identified, that have identified creativity as a strategic factor for a sustainable urban development. And um, they were the, the, you know, cultural cities work towards a common objective, which is placing creativity and cultural industries at the heart of their development plans at the local level and cooperating actively at the international level. So that's Kinston. Kingston is a designated UNESCO creative city. And that was a designation Kinston got in 2015. Now recently, in addition to Kinston being a creative city, Reggae was recently added to the UN's UNESCO list of global cultural treasures. And basically, it's adding the genre of reggae that originated in Jamaica to its collection of intangible cultural heritage deemed worthy of protection and promotion. And so putting together both the UNESCO designation of Kingston as a creative city and Reggae as a global cultural treasure makes a very strong case that the cultural products in and of Jamaica, and we can even spread it out to the the Caribbean, right, as a whole, need to be protected as part of, you know, that tangible slash intangible cultural heritage. And Buja's performance really puts a highlight on that, like, the, the place reggae has, because Buji is one of those few artists that can show the versatility across the sub-genres within reggae, so he started out in dancehall, then he started out, then then he, he goes to general reggae, right, and he could go in between, because I know in 2005, Buju was singing songs, as opposed to just DJing, like, not, not true reggae, but, like, having, like, a singer's type flow or vibe. So he's been really versatile within reggae and its subgenres and having the success of the show, having the audience that was there, which was for the most part a more mature audience as opposed to a younger audience, which shows that what we've talked about on this show and on Style and Vibes, the podcast, the the need for variety in reggae music and how like aside from Buju Gargamel, the artist, that people want good reggae music and and having a variety of music that can appeal to the different styles of the audience. And having the show done the way it was done and executed the day of the show can give that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It gives validation to the value of reggae and its place and kinston and and that creatives, cultural creatives, need to be taken seriously. I consider myself as a cultural creative because I've I've been talking about the need to amplify and showcase our culture because culture is what we have. And this entire experience over the weekend, the the, the entire the world, outs, the world had its eyes on Kinston, Jamaica, and Buju and Reggae, and the people of Jamaica, the Caribbean, because it wasn't just Jamaicans there. I saw Haitians there. There were Trinis there. There were Bayesians there. I know that for a fact, because they wouldn't have hollered out, and you heard them in the crowd. So it's, it, was, it was just really important for that from a cultural perspective, the significance of it. And also the fact that, you had a ton of people flying in from the United States. I, I'm very mindful that I say Caribbean American and I'm not singling out Canada or England. It's just more of a very broader term. And technically I could include Canada because Canada is part of North America. But the diaspora plays a huge role in the cultural relevance and the maintenance of the culture. In previous episodes, we talked about, you know, um, P, the, this very long conversation that keeps happening that people born in the U.S. but of Jamaican parents shouldn't consider themselves Jamaican-American, et cetera, et cetera. They're just American with Jamaican heritage. And, you know, it's important how much the people locally in Kinston play a huge role. I will never diminish their role because I see that, how important it is for, for the the thriving of the city and the culture. But the diaspora also plays a huge role and the larger Caribbean community. And this show just highlights how all of that is. And he kept saying it was about unity. It was because he wasn't, you know, yes, he's Jamaican and of Jamaican heritage. But when he has this conversation, he has this like we as people, right? The same thing with Bob Marley. He's 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 a he's a Jamaican man. He was a Jamaican man, but he talked about the 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 experiences of people, his people, that was something that I thought was just made me very proud. And I just loved how we showed up on Saturday for good music to support and enjoy ourselves. There was no fussing, no fighting, no nothing. It was just pure vibes, pure vibes, pure pure energy. So after saying all of that, here are some lessons that I learned from that experience, right? One, because when I said, like, Buju never miss a beat, Buju was, it was like he was never incarcerated. He never miss a beat. He actually thought we missed beats right? Because he was like, what happened? Because when he went in, he he went in before social media was what it was. Everybody have phone up now I record, as opposed to when he left, he was used to people jumping up and reacting to a certain way. People did jump up and react and sing, but we are more focused on filming the experience as opposed to putting the phones down and being in the experience, right? So he, other than that, he, he was, I I couldn't, his voice, it was just like his energy was the same. So the first lesson I learned was remain true to your craft and who you are. Now, before I get any further, that can be misleading and it can be interpreted that, you know what? You can't change or you don't have to change. And that's not what this statement is saying. It's right because change and growth is inevitable, but in the change and growth, you don't lose sight of your true self because as you grow, you are, you are, there there are some core things that are fundamental. And as you grow, some of those will be changed and expanded on as you move through different titles, like a mom, whatever. But and I don't even know if I'm explaining that the right way. It's just that, but I just want to make make it clear: that you you should always feel authentic. That's the word I'm looking for. Feeling authentic, like this is really me, and I'm not pressured to do this, right? And sometimes that authenticity, you will lose and gain people in the process, right? So if you if if you're if you're authentic in a certain way, just be okay that some people are not gonna like your authenticity, and some people will like it. And I think that's the part that we have to get comfortable with. People will not like it or will like it for their own individual reasons. So that's the first lesson. Remain true to your craft and who you are. And how that relates to Bojo Man, he remained true to the versatility of being, all right, I'm a DJ, dancer. I can do reg. I could go back and forth. And he, he showed growth and maturity from his very first year's DJing back in the 80s going through all of his life drama and processes and his incarceration to now and you 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 see it the way he tells the story or his perspective on certain songs all right lesson two consistently deliver quality Boju consistently delivers quality because the performance I saw Saturday night was this was I don't even want to say the same level it was just it was, it just, it was a bigger level than what I saw in 1992, a bigger level than what I saw in 1995, a bigger level than I saw in 2007 and any other Bujian Friend show that I've been to. He's, he's just, he's gotten better and improvements don't have to be big improvements, but they are improvements over time and in no energy. Yes, he's older, but let me tell him, jump Mandong on stage the same way not only delivery in terms of performance but the music consistently deliver quality music that is timeless that 20 odd years later 30 years later people still sing the song when 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 he was singing not a easy road or till shiloh all the, all the first thing happened was the guitar intro And the entire stadium was singing the song, right? That's quality that people, you can stand by your product and people stand by the product, all right? So that was the second lesson. The third lesson I learned, and this one we could spend a lot of um, time on. Good friend, better than pocket money, as we say in Jamaica, right? In life, you're going to make connections and you're going to cultivate personal friendship or professional relationships and some of those grow into friends like when I met Michaela I was she was an acquaintance and over the years we've grown into friendship those things will happen right and at the same time you will also find out who your real friends are through different life circumstances right And also from a work perspective, you want to always make connections and have relationships at all levels, right? You want to have, you want to make sure that you're making connections with people above you, people on the same level as you and people who are on, have a lower title than you. And that was what was on display at the show. He brought up Artists that were young and up and coming and are technically not on the level or the international statue it is, but he 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 sees some, whatever the reason was, they were on that show and they gave a quality performance, right? It was evident in his collaborations with the Barris, the Wayne Wonder, the Marcia Griffiths, you know, um, the Morgan Heritage, right? His peers and his friends. And those things are important because. When, let me tell you, life isn't easy, but as long as you have some good people where you're tried with like the biggest song right now is Coffee's Toast, right? You know, you want some friend where help you take off heavy load. You know <laughs> you know them way they and so watching that I was looking at wow and he even said it on the show. He was like he admired the youth and going not come to break down champions, him come to build champions, right? So he acknowledged that listen, a new generation are coming and me me work with a new generation and i might go work with peers and i might go work with other it is it, just it's just the nature of not only the business but longevity in any circumstance right and and mm-hmm. those are the three lessons that i learned the reason why those lessons had an impact because you know I focus a lot on career and entrepreneurship and I've been pivoting to, to really focus on this Caribbean American experience because that is most authentic to me. That was the real reason why I started it. And it's not that I'm not going to talk about career and entrepreneurship, but I want to talk about the whole life experience of what it's like to be a Caribbean American and, and, and so i I've, I've i've been asked this question being caribbean american doesn't make me less a jamaican it's just that i live in the united states and i understand that being a, a part of the caribbean american community gives my culture as part of the Caribbean, more power than saying I'm Jamaican or like Joanne Antoine said in a previous episode that she's Haitian. Collectively, we are stronger as opposed to trying to represent individual islands. And we'll do that. But when it comes to, to politics, votings, and, you know, social issues that affect as a collective, we are much stronger. And so, I want to consistently deliver quality and content that resonates with each and every one of you and your experiences, whether you live in Wisconsin, where I've lived, where there's not a lot of Caribbean people, or you live in Florida and New York, where there's a bunch of Caribbean people. I want to make sure that I'm telling stories that resonate with you. And when you respond and you you send emails, however way you communicate, that's comfortable for you. I appreciate that because that tells me, and it also raises the bar that I need to continue to deliver quality that you feel resonates with you. And in the process, I'm growing. I'm growing and knowing that it's okay to pivot and, and go in a different way. And as long as I'm being authentic to who I am and the audience that I'm serving, I don't have to rush for an overnight success. I can look at this like success is the is, is is based on people who feel like they got something from this episode and are consistently saying, you know what? Yes, this is me. This is what I've been experiencing. Yes, you spoke about this. Friendships and you know, you know doing podcasts and doing blogs or doing business or anything is is never easy alone, which is why we do carry on friends. There's a whole bunch of friends you want to carry on with life and just Butch's performance is like yes it was a great performance he's gagamel he's the this he's the that but he had friends if if any artist you didn't see on stage they came out and support you saw the beanies you saw the other artists in you know in the crowd and that that speaks a lot to the person not about the hype around the show but the respect of the person so that's all I have for this episode and until next time walk ahead. good You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience. We post new episodes on Tuesdays every two weeks. And if you're looking to learn more, buy merchandise, sign up for a newsletter, check out our website, carryonfriends.com. You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday. And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch or sign up for a newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com or find us on all social media platforms at Carry on Friends.